the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But Jacob, I'm the same God that directed your father and and promised the nations to your grandfather, Abraham. Jacob, I am with you. I love the fact that we see the dreamer's daddy was also a dreamer. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Moses, the author of Genesis, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, gives more room to Joseph than he does to Abraham. Joseph, the dreamer. God used him in a mighty way, and I believe he can use him in our lives in a mighty way. In fact, that question, we wonder what will become of his dreams, is what Joseph's brothers asked the dreamer who they despised when they threw him in the pit. Let me remind you of that context. Genesis 37, beginning in verse 18. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes the dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. What will become of your dreams? The biblical account of Joseph not only poses that question, it it gives us some insight into how we experience the fulfillment of our dreams. Because as we look at the life of Joseph, we realize we influence whether or not our dreams come true. You impact those dreams that God has placed within you. In fact, if if there's one overarching truth that I want you to get out of this teaching series, it would be this principle, that the path to your dreams rarely takes you down a straight road. You will usually navigate switchbacks and curves, experiencing detours and delays as you journey toward your destiny. When you do, dream on. That's what I want you to do. Dream on. When life sends you an unexpected curveball, when you find yourself in a unique setting, when it's unprecedented, all those words we've been saying in recent days, when you don't know if you can keep going, defy the odds, discover your destiny, dream on. We're going to talk about that for the next few minutes, but before we do, let me pray once more. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we've gathered today where we are to worship you. Just as we've already celebrated, you are worthy. Your name should be praised. You are the God. You're the one who was, the one who is, the one who forever will be. And you are with us, all of us, where we are. So give us what we do not have. Teach us what we do not know. Make us those men and women, boys and girls that we've not yet become, so that as we move forward in life, dreaming big dreams for your glory, 
our lives will make an impact and fulfill that destiny that you've placed within us. God, I pray that today someone would be encouraged because of the time we spend. But even more importantly, I pray that someone will enter into eternity, place eternity in the heart and soul of someone because of this time in your word. So please let the words I say and the thoughts I think be pleasing to you, my strength and my redeemer. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I remember like it was yesterday, though I was a 12-year-old boy on the last night of camp in Sunset, South Carolina at Camp McCall. The invitation was given in the chapel service. And I walked from my seat down that aisle and took the hand of one of the counselors and I told them that I, I believed God was calling me to submit my life into full-time vocational Christian service, we called it. God had planted a dream in me. I, I didn't know all the details, but I knew he wanted to use my life serving people, touching the nations for his glory. But an interesting thing happened. As I began to take that three-hour drive home back to Hartsville, South Carolina, I talked myself out of that decision. I knew my dad, the pastor, would get a letter about the decision his son had made, so I, I preemptively had a conversation with him and said, you know, I walked down and I, I said this, but I'm not sure that's exactly what I meant. Detour. So throughout my high school Years into college, I began to pursue my dreams, politics and law. I studied for four years at the university level, political science, and made contacts and, and networked and made plans about law school. But near the end of my college career, I, I knelt at a bed in a college apartment, and once again, I, I surrendered to God's dream for my life, detour. I went out to Southwestern Seminary. That's where I met my beautiful bride. I was prepared for what God was preparing for me. Began to study scriptures, the biblical languages. Near the end of my time, I heard about this tremendous opportunity in Montgomery, Alabama. It seemed like a fit for me. It seemed like it was just for me. I interviewed and that went well. And then I got the call. Someone else had gotten the job. One of my friends devastated detour and then a few weeks later I got a call from the church in Montgomery and they said there's been a change we feel like you are the person that God's calling to be with us so I went and I began to serve in that wonderful opportunity, had experiences I could have never imagined having, and, and God sent me from there out into my first pastorate outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and God began to work in a mighty way. Were the dreams becoming real? They were, until in some ways, usually, mainly my doing, those dreams became a nightmare, and that ministry opportunity ended. Detour. A short time later, I, I went down to Southwest Florida. I was a part of a great ministry in Southwest Florida. God taught me so much. He was preparing me for what he had prepared for me. 
It was during my time in Southwest Florida that I met a a new young pastor of a church in the Tampa area. His name was Jeff Williams. I built a relationship with him that continued when God moved us to Missouri, another detour. And then it was about nine years later in a conversation with that Jeff Williams that I heard about a church in Temple Terrace, Florida. He said, I think God wants me to recommend you there. Little did I know that God would use those detours to direct me to his dreams, a place where I can serve him, fulfilling that call on my life, and even touch the nations. You see, the path to your dreams rarely takes you down a straight road. You will usually navigate switchbacks and curves, experiencing detours and delays as you journey toward your destiny. When you do... You've got to dream on. But it's not easy, is it? Sometimes it's very challenging. And and so what I want to do is we summarize Joseph's life. I want to give you five things to help you dream on, to help you keep going when you feel like giving up, to defy the odds to discover your destiny. Here's the first one. You ready for this truth? The next time you find yourself in a pit, have faith. And remember, God's caravan is already on the way. Remember in Genesis chapter 37 when Joseph's brother threw him in the pit? They thought they had it all figured out. First they were going to kill them. Then the one brother got talked out of that. So they were going to sell them to these people that happened to be passing by. Isn't it interesting that a caravan to Egypt happened to be passing by? They were on the way even before Joseph was in the pit. That's really the core issue that we've been talking about in this story of Joseph. We call it God's providence. The fact that while you're over here and you may not sense God's presence, or you may be over here and you you may not see God working, the truth is God is all around you. It's the hand of God in the glove of history. It's that principle of Romans 8.28 being lived out in life. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You may think you're all alone in the pit, but I want to remind you that if you are a child of God, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he's already told you he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So he's got a caravan on the way. That's why the psalmist could say in Psalms 103 in verse two, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Well, Joseph discovered this. He discovered it in the pit. The Lord was with him. He discovered it when he went to Potiphar's house. The Lord was with him. He discovered it when he went to prison. The Lord was with him. And then last week, we see that even in the palace of the Pharaoh, the Lord was with him. But as this story comes to a close, I want you to see that we understand this truth also in the life of Jacob, Joseph's father. Listen to Genesis 46 and, and verse 1. Now, now remember, last week we discovered that Joseph had introduced himself to his brothers. He said, I am Joseph. And, and don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because you put me in that pit, but it's God who sent me to Egypt. Now go get our father and bring him to me. 
And so notice Genesis 46, verse 1. So Israel took his journey with all that he had, and he came to Beersheba, and he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. This is significant because his father Isaac had worshipped at Beersheba. And Isaac's father Abraham had worshipped at Beersheba. And now Jacob was worshipping at Beersheba. And God spoke to Israel, to Jacob, in visions of the night. And he said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for for there I will make you a great nation. I myself will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Now, the end of this is very interesting. I don't want to dwell on that, but it's prophesying his death, that you will be with your son Joseph when you die, and, and he will be the one to close your eyes. If you've just joined us, You're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. part I want to focus on is what God said to him, Jacob, Jacob, I am the God, the God of your father. Jacob, I know it's been 22 years since you've seen your son. I know there've been moments where you've wondered if I was still here, if I was working because it seemed like I was silent. But but Jacob, I'm the same God that directed your father and and promised the nations to your grandfather, Abraham. Jacob, I am with you. I love the fact that we see the dreamer's daddy was also a dreamer. And this wasn't his first encounter with God or at Beersheba. In Genesis 28 and verse 12, it says, And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. And I'll bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised of you. See, in Jacob's dream, both of these dreams, God is reminding him of something you and I need to remember. It helps us in those moments in the pit. Here it is, God's presence really is his greatest promise. Yes, there are going to be those moments where life feels like you're in the pit. That's why the psalmist cries out, God redeems us in the pit. But in the pit, he is with you, and he's got a caravan on the way. His plan is at work. And when God is with you, Everything else is background noise. I love this quote I found from Corey Ten Boone. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Maybe today you feel like life is the pits or you feel stuck in a pit or you're just overwhelmed with uncertainty. I just want to remind you, God is with you. God's got a caravan on the way. There's a second principle that'll help you dream on. We learn this again from Jacob, the father of Joseph. Here it is. When God opens a door, you better walk on through. 
You know, we've talked about knowing and doing the will of God. We said there are five things you can do to help you discover God's will. You pray, you read God's word, you listen to biblical teaching, just like you're doing right now. You seek wise counsel, godly counsel. And then you look at the circumstances of life. And, And sometimes having done all four of those first things, the circumstances of life present us an open door. When God opens a door for you, you better begin to walk right through. Now, in the verses we just read in verse three, God said to Jacob, don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. This is a common thing in scripture. All the great leaders, the men of God, God had to remind them, don't be afraid. I'm with you. You can trust me. I'll do what I said. And maybe God needs to remind you of that today. Hey, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for which I've created you, but I need you to step forward in faith. I need you to be willing to put your yes on the table. The truth is you'll never realize your God-given dreams until you become willing to risk all for his glory. That's why it's called faith. We step out when we don't know the way. We go to the land that he's going to show us. Why? Because we've declared that he is Lord. That's the Christian declaration. It's not there is a God. It is you are my Lord. You're my boss. You're my master. You're the one in charge. You're you're in control. So my yes is on the table. I have raised the white flag. I have surrendered. I've yielded in my life. I wonder what is Egypt for you? What are you afraid of facing? You'll you'll never realize those dreams that God's planted within you until you become willing to step out and risk for him. And when you do, just be encouraged by those that have gone before you. Don't you love the words of the song To Amazing Grace by John Newton when he wrote, Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. We'll never realize our dream until we're willing to risk and step out into the new and the different and and the uncomfortable. So maybe you just need to ask this question. Where is God stretching me today? Where is God calling me to do something maybe I'm not comfortable doing? So here we are in the story. Jacob's had this dream. God said, don't you be afraid. You go down to Egypt. You walk through that open door. Now picture what's going to happen next. You've got these country bumpkins from Canaan, uh, these shepherds that are Israelites, and they're about to go walking into first-class Pharaoh's palace. It reminds me of another guy whose name starts with the letter J. Maybe you've met him. Watch this. Come and listen to a story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground come a bumbling Black gold, Texas tea. Well, the first thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. The kinfolk said, Jed, move away from there. Said, California's the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly Hills, that is, swimming pools, movie stars. The Beverly Hillbilly. 
<laughs> Swimming pools and movie stars. The Beverly Hillbillies are the Canaan country guys walking into Pharaoh's palace. Two dreams coming together, Jacob's dreams and Joseph's dreams, reminding us that the path to your dreams rarely takes you down a straight road. You'll usually navigate switchbacks and curves. You'll experience detours and delays as you journey toward your destiny. When you do, dream on. There's a third principle I want you to get. Here it comes. Remember, you're just a pilgrim passing through. You're just a pilgrim passing through. When Joseph's dad, Jacob, arrives, can you imagine how excited they both were? Jacob seeing Joseph, Joseph seeing Jacob for the first time in 22 years. The brothers are there wondering, oh no, what's going to happen now? Everything is realized before their eyes. Then Pharaoh comes in. Pharaoh sees the brothers. Joseph's so proud. Then Joseph introduces Pharaoh to his daddy, to Jacob. And I want you to notice the conversation that took place in Genesis 47, verse 7. Then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and stood him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, how many are the days of your years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of years of my sojourning are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. And, and they've not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their sojourning. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. The years of my sojourning. What, what does that mean? Do you know what a sojourner is? To sojourn means to stay temporarily. Like a gypsy. Jacob understood something that's so important. If you and I want to see our dreams realized, we need to understand this. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. It's all about perspective, how, how we see things. Jacob understood that even in the presence of the most powerful person on the planet, with all the wealth and all the riches right before him, his hope was his home in heaven. I want you to know today that when you understand that principle and when eternity fills your heart and mind, the challenges of today, they're forced to take their proper place, a back seat. Like the song says, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the sight of his glory and his grace. See, when I'm, when I'm thinking about there, I'm not overwhelmed with here. When, I, when I'm really concentrating on then, I'm not living all about now. And, and I think our perspective gets out of whack. And a lot of times that's why we don't accomplish the dreams that God has prepared for us. We spend too much time on the here and the now. And, and God wants our focus to be elsewhere. I, I would just tell you, here and now is never going to be perfect. Regardless who's elected president, regardless how big of a salary you make, regardless of the car you drive or the house you live in, it's all about perspective. It's like that old spiritual song says, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Over the last several visits with my dad before he passed, I would play a, an album of hymns and I began to notice how many of the great old hymns just talked about heaven. Maybe you can relate to some of these lyrics. 
when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Or how about this? Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to that home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Oh, glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Maybe today you need to stop being so preoccupied with here and now and start thinking about then and there. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement, but it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.